Welcome to the Season 2, Episode 9 of That Teacher Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Jason Munro about his transition from classroom teacher to deputy principal. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of That Teacher Podcast. Josh Vine here, your host. Jason Munro, it's great to have you on the show. G'day, Josh. It's great to be here today. So, Jason, I thought it would be great to have you on this episode because I know that for many people who are teaching right now, they aspire to leadership, they aspire to positions like deputy principal, and I thought it would be great to put an episode together for those who are thinking about stepping into executive leadership roles within a school, and you've done just that only in the last couple of years, um, and I think it would be great to get your insights into moving from being a classroom teacher into a uh, key learning area coordinator and then now into a deputy principal role. So firstly, maybe just tell us a little bit about your teaching career. My teaching career has spanned from starting in 1998, uh, which is a little bit scary. Uh, some people may be listening to this uh, were potentially born in 1998. Halfway through 98, I uh, started into some casual teaching. Uh, it's very hard. I, I found to try and get into permanent positions straight away doing bits of casual teaching at a, quite a few different schools and basically started that journey by taking resumes around uh, to local schools, uh, introducing myself and then getting on their casual lists. And then a position came up in 99, uh, which was half a load. Uh, I'm PDHPE trained, but it was half a load teaching one PDHPE class, one maths class, one industry preparation and training class, which it was called in those days. Uh, and that was basically my half load uh, was across probably about nine days in the fortnight. Some days I was coming in for just a single period. Uh, other days I was there for, for more periods at a time. And I was very fortunate to get that position. And then the year after I actually became permanent on half a load of PE teaching. So it was a long journey to try and get permanency. And it wasn't until my fourth year at the school that I actually got full time. It was a school that I really enjoyed working at. Uh, it was a school that I enjoyed the people and the staff and the students. For me, it was worthwhile hanging in there on, on part-time loads uh, because it was a school that I wanted to be a part of. Uh, since that journey, I worked at that school, and in that time, I stepped into leadership roles in sport coordinating uh, for a couple of years, and then uh, the head of PDHPE uh, took some leave, and so I stepped into an acting position as the head of PDHPE for, for a year. I applied for a permanent position as the, the coordinator, um, I was unsuccessful at that time. Promotion wasn't really something that I really longed for, um, but it was just something that sort of fell into along the way. Um, and I think as you as you learn the trade, um, you pick up skills and you see the way other leaders operate. Um, and I've had some great coordinators that I worked with uh, alongside, um, and you learn their skills and you see what they do well and what they don't do so well, and it's an opportunity to learn and grow all the time. Um, from there, I went into independent system and worked in a Christian school. Uh, in Sydney. I worked there for about six years, um, started as the, the PDHP coordinator and then halfway through that role, about three years in, I was given the director of student welfare role as well as PE coordinating um, and also looking after the languages department as well. So throughout my time, different leadership opportunities have basically been offered to me. Uh, it hasn't really been a case of chasing those things, but uh, out of Sydney, moved up to the Maitland area into PDHP and languages teaching role again Funnily enough, every single school I've started off within the first two years, I've been teaching an intermediate mathematics class, and it was no different at this school. So that was a joy to be looking after languages, science, PDHPE, 
uh, and then stepped up into the deputy's position at the school that I'm currently at. Yeah, that's a, a great recap of your career so far, Jason. So many different hats that you've worn, mm-hmm. positioned you well for being able to move into the deputy role, having done so many different roles within a school. I guess you now have a really good understanding of those roles. The next question I have for you is how was that transition going from a classroom teacher living by bells and mark books and report writing and parent-teacher interviews and all the things that come with being a classroom teacher, getting ready for lessons, lesson plans, all of a sudden, you're now in the deputy role. How was that transition for you? Uh, it's been a good transition. Uh, the big one is you miss the relationships that you build with students because generally speaking, you see the students that are misbehaving rather than having students that are, you have day in, day out and you teach a lot. So that's one big transition. Uh, the other one would be that your relationships with staff change as well. Um, I went from that role as a coordinator to a deputy in the same school so I didn't start a fresh at new school. And you, you do notice a difference in relationships with staff as well uh, because you're not sitting in the staff room. You're removed from the staff room, so you miss out on the jokes and the fun and the conversations. Um, you miss out on that, that team building that goes on uh, as you collaboratively work together. So you miss out on a lot of those things. But that's sort of, I guess that's shifted and that's changed. I now have a smaller team that I work with, and that's the team that, that I work with now. So in some sense, that has changed a little bit. But sometimes you do feel a bit more removed from what actually goes on at the coalface. Um, and so I think it's a fairly high priority to try and keep as connected as you can with the students because we're all getting into education because we want to impact young people. Uh, we want to see them grow and develop uh, into the young people they're created to be. Uh, and so it's hard in one sense, but in another sense, it's good when you can actually sit back and you can see the impact that you're having with teachers and you know that's been multiplied out to the students as well. Uh, and the goal is to try and foster that love and care for your staff and that it's almost like they become your, your class and that you're actually working closely with them and then seeing the dividends as they actually sow into the students. Uh, and it does take a little bit to get used to. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that, uh, or shocks that came to me was not long after that I was appointed in the position, I sat down with our business manager and our principal, uh, and they basically told me about all the different things that were going on behind the scenes that I knew nothing about. The principal describes it as my jaw hitting the floor, my face going white, and I remember thinking to myself, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Uh, so there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, it could be all sorts of different matters that as and you don't know about. Uh, so the senior executive do wrestle with quite a lot of larger things that for confidentiality reasons, they're the only ones that can know about it and do know about it and operating behind the scenes that people don't really know about. Yeah, wow, that's uh, it's kind of amazing for me to hear, obviously, being a classroom teacher and executive member, but realising that there are plenty of things going on at that senior exec level that that need to remain with you guys. It's not so much about the students anymore. Your class is really the staff. You're wanting to make sure that they're humming along, that they're doing really well. One of the things that I know our staff love having you as the deputy principal, you seem to have a really cool head. You have a a piece about you in your role. I know that the staff feels supported and I think that's so important that the staff can trust their deputy and that I just think that, that you're doing a phenomenal job for someone who's only been in it for a couple of years. So obviously teaching in, and schools are all about learning. What If you were to do some reflection, what have you learnt in your last couple of years as deputy? 
Uh, I've learned a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, I think I was pretty fortunate in the first six months that I stepped into the role. Our previous deputy, he was doing a bit of a transition to another school. And so he was still on our books as well. So he was sort of transferring between his new school and then every four or five weeks, he'd be back here for about a week. Uh, and that was, a, it was almost like a bit of a mentorship program where he could actually come back, touch base with me. I could call him at any time and run through different things. Um, so that was a fantastic opportunity for me. Through that time, it gave me a bit of peace um, to know that I could try a few things, I could ask questions and have, have a sounding board there. So I think one of the, the big things or the, one of the big things that I learned is really having someone that you can talk to, um, that you can bounce ideas off. Uh, you can say, am I on the right track? Am I going down the wrong track? Uh, and try and get some a bit of time to reflect on some of the, the decisions you need to make before you actually make those decisions. So I think that's really beneficial. I think the other thing that is really important as well is that a team is only as good as all its parts put together. Uh, and just because you've got the title of deputy, it doesn't mean that you're any better than a, the teacher or someone else who's working in administration or any other part of the school. For a school to function effectively, all the parts of the school need to be working well together. Uh, and without one part, all the parts fall down and, and the school starts to falter. So I really believe that it's not about position or about title, but it's about everyone being important and everyone doing their job well uh, for the whole school to function really well. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think one of the things I really love about what you said is um, having that mentor in your life, especially at the early stages. And, and for those who are listening to this, I think that probably uh, can go for almost anything. You know, if you're a first year out teacher, find another teacher who's down the track a little bit further and create a bit of a network with them. Have someone in your life that you can call who's down the track a bit further in whatever role that you find yourself in. But um, you know, if I was a new deputy, if I was stepping into the role for the first time, I think the first thing I would do is start, you know, finding out who are the other deputy principals in my local area. Who can I network with? Who can I connect with? Who can I soundboard and, and ask questions to? Who can I go out for coffee with and just talk shop and work out if I'm on the right track and those kinds of things? So I love what you said there about not doing it on your own but going along with someone and having someone to journey with you. For anyone who's aspiring to step into a deputy principal role, maybe there's some teachers out there now who are thinking, you know, one day I want to be a deputy principal or they're actually putting their resume together now to go for a deputy principal role. What advice would you give to them as they, they get themselves prepared for that practical advice or just, you know, mindset advice? There's a couple of pieces of advice that I'd probably give. Uh, the first one would be just to examine your motives really. Why do you want to be a deputy principal? Um, and if it's just about position, about title, about a better pay packet, uh, then I think you're doing it for the wrong reason. So I think it's really trying to examine uh, why you want to step into that position. Uh, the second thing would probably be similar to what you are talking about earlier on, Josh, about getting some networks, finding some mentors, finding people that you can actually talk to and run things by. I think that it is super important. And there's so many things that are confidential that come across your table. Uh, parents bring you up and tell you things that you can't share with other people. Uh, you need to have someone who you can actually sit down and chat to uh, and actually debrief a little bit and ask advice for, and that's really important. Uh, and your principal is a good place to start there. Uh, if you haven't got a good relationship with your principal, it's going to be really, really difficult. And it's, I see it as a vital part, uh, a vital team that needs to work together really, really well. Uh, and if you don't have the confidence of your principal, it's very difficult. 
Uh, if you don't trust your principal, that's even more difficult. So you really need to be stepping into a position and in a place where you believe that you're going to be able to use your gifts and your skills uh, to add value to the team, but also that you can be there to serve others. Because really I see it, it's as a the first few weeks or probably even the first six months or so, I almost felt like it was a customer service position, that you're the one who gets all the, the angry calls from the parents. You're the one who gets the angry neighbour down the road calling up when someone, one of your students has jumped over the fence or done something they shouldn't be doing. And so you really do need to be there for the right reasons. You need to know that it's not all fine sailing the whole time. Uh, there's going to be difficult things that happen, but I don't want to paint it in a bad light. Along with all those difficult things, there's lots of great things that you get to experience as well. The only problem is that most of the time people come to you with the issues and complaints rather than uh, with the good story. So it's about trying to create that culture as well, that how, how do you celebrate the good things that are going on? Because chances are that 95 to 99% of the parents really enjoy the job that you do, uh, appreciate that. And it's the same with your staff as well and students. Most of them actually appreciate the things that you do, uh, but you usually hear from the couple that aren't very happy at all. Yeah, it's great advice, Jason, and absolutely I can understand even as teachers um, we don't always uh, get to hear all the, the great things that we do. Sometimes we get complaints as well and it's unfortunate, but I think that's why some of the, sometimes we get those emails, those special moments with kids where they tell us how much they've appreciated something that we've done for them. I think we have to hold on to those with everything that we've got um, because those are the moments that really that really make a difference. One of the things I'd, I'd love for you to do for those who are listening is to just maybe tell us a bit of a day in the life of a deputy principal. You know, the skills that you rely on the most. I know your day starts early. For our school, you're up fielding phone calls early in the day and there's so many nuances to your job. Basically, your your job, your task is to, you've got a cruise ship that you're trying to keep afloat and sailing in the right direction, uh, staffed correctly and everything humming along. You've got calendars and all this kind of stuff to kind of maintain. Give us a bit of a, a run through of, of what's going on in your office and the day in the life of a deputy principal. Well, a day in the life of a deputy, deputy principal, I don't think you could say two days are the same. Uh, it's very, very different uh, at our school, and all schools run differently, but our school, our principal is very strategic-minded, setting the direction that we want the school to go in. Uh, the deputy in my role, it's really around the administration and implementation of the strategic direction of the principal. Uh, so realistically, the biggest skill that I think I need to have is really adaptability because you can come in with a, a plan for the day uh, and then something comes from left field and your whole day or sometimes multiple days or weeks can get wiped out very quickly. Uh, if you get pulled into investigations, uh, if there's student issues, there's other things that are going on. So things can get sidetracked very quickly and very easily. Uh, so you need to be adaptable. Uh, you need to be flexible. You need to be able to go, okay, I'm just going to have to put that down for now. I'm going to have to prioritise that. That's going to go further down the list uh, and then I'll get back to that later. Generally speaking, a usual day starts a little bit before 6.30 uh, at our school staff ringing between 6.30 and 6.40 uh, a.m. And they, that's if they're going to be away sick. When they, they call in, they basically call in, then I'm trying to round up casual teachers, trying to look at what classes they had on for the day, uh, trying to find substitutes that can come in and fill in for the day. Uh, sometimes that actually happens the afternoon before or the night before. And so realistically, your day can start from the evening before. People may be calling and saying, look, I'm not feeling well. Uh, particularly at the moment, we're in the middle of 
the COVID pandemic, uh, where you've, even if you've got a slight sniffle that you need to go and get tested. And so automatically it takes staff out for a couple of days. Uh, so it can be quite a bit of a juggle. We're lucky that we have a, a good casual bank, uh, but sometimes you get stuck and casual st- staff get sick as well uh, and you struggle to try and find staff. And then, okay, which classes are we going to split? How are we going to merge different classes together? Uh, and this is all before 7 o'clock uh, in the morning and trying to get an email out, trying to communicate to the staff what's happening through the day so they're aware of who's away, who's in, if they've got extra classes, if they've had to merge classes, if they've got extra playground duties, etc. cetera. Uh, so it's a little bit of a juggle. Then when we get to school in the morning, we generally have some time where we have some announcements and some devotional thoughts before we start the day with the staff. Uh, And then I'm usually out in the car park uh, in the morning for the morning duty, which is great to see the students arriving to school. Uh, It's a good opportunity to be able to chat to parents informally. If they have issues or concerns, then they can come and talk to to you as well, uh, which is really beneficial. So instead of them harbouring up all these bad things, all the things they're not happy about, they can come and have a conversation with you um, and you can deal with things quite quickly and quite easily. Uh, And most of the time, issues that come up with parents are are based around misconceptions. So it's quite easy just to have a quick couple of minute conversation. Uh, You correct any misconceptions and parents walk away feeling like they've been heard, uh, feeling like they've been supported and still happy with the way things are going at school. Uh, And then anywhere from that basically come back into school around about nine o'clock-ish and then your day starts. You may have different meetings throughout the day and throughout the week um, and they vary between meetings with the principal and business manager uh, to do with KLA coordinators, to do with people that oversee different uh, facets of of our school like their coaching team, uh, the welfare team, etc. And so that can vary from day to day, who you're seeing, how many type people you see uh, and when you've got time to fit that in. Uh, it is difficult trying to fit everything and happen all the time. And there's so many people that have questions. Sometimes they can range from a 20-second answer through to a half an hour conversations or longer sometimes. And you never really know what you're going to get. And that's where that adaptability and flexibility really comes into play. I think it's important that if people feel like you're approachable, um, that you're going to listen, uh, and that you care, and that you're going to put something into place to try and help and support them, then they're going to be much happier when they leave. Uh, They're going to be much happier in their workplace. Uh, And you'll find that as a result of that, the people who reap the rewards are our students. Because if the teachers feel like they're loved, cared for, supported, then the students are going to feel that as well. Uh, And that's what we do this for, is for our students uh, to be uh, invested in, to be built up and to be encouraged uh, to develop their skills, gifts, characteristics so they can step into and be the, the best young men, young women they're created to be. That's awesome. What a busy day uh, that is. You do it so well. One of the other things that I've, I've noticed that both yourself and Jeff, our principal, um, have adopted is that you do take some time sometimes to just close the door. And if the door is closed, uh, we as a staff know that uh, we're not to try and interrupt that time unless it's super important, super urgent. Um, but I think I think that's a really good idea to have some times built into your day where the door does get closed so you can get on with work because I think, you know, I know how many times I've interrupted you in a day. Uh, if that was, you know, times by 40 staff, 70 staff, uh, you'd never have any time to get any of your own work done. And, and so I think for those who are aspire, aspiring deputies out there, you've also got to look after yourself and make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, you've got work to do as well. And I guess as we wrap up and uh, and 
thank you so much for being on the show again. It's been such a privilege and, a, and it's been so helpful to kind of delve into the mind of a deputy and what it, what it takes to be a deputy to uh, be a good deputy principal, you know, someone that people want to work for. It's a definitely a, a really important strategic part of the school. You, you see so many of the staff and if you're not good at your job, that can have such huge consequences, I think, for the organisation as a whole. What do you think makes a good deputy principal? I think there's probably a range of different things. Um, and some people look for specific characteristics in a deputy. Um, and I wouldn't label it to any specific characteristics. Um, whatever gifts and talents that you've got, if that's used to its full potential, you could step into a deputy's position and you, and you could use them and you could use them well. Uh, it's probably a matter of knowing where your strengths lie and then surrounding yourself with people who potentially don't have the strengths that you have. Uh, some people try to become an expert in every field, um, but the thing that I learned very early on, and it may have been from potentially being a coordinator for subject areas out of my KLA, is that you're not always going to be the expert. Uh, and the longer that you think you're the expert and you know you're the holder of all wisdom and all knowledge, uh, the harder it's going to be for yourself, but it's also going to be harder for the people that you work with. Uh, you really need to be able to trust the people that you work beside, uh, next to, and everyone else that's on the school team as well. Whether that is the teachers, it's the admin staff, you need to look at people, see their strengths, um, and then actually be able to give them room to actually develop those strengths and to fly. Because uh, I know myself that there's teachers in our school that are better teachers than what I was and that I'll ever be. Uh, I know that there's other people in our school that can do things that I can't do. And it's a matter of releasing people and their potential to actually get the best out of every single person to function effectively so the school actually moves forward in a positive direction. Um, I think like in any leadership position, uh, the most important thing is to really examine your motives. Uh, if you're there just for the title, then it's going to be very difficult. I think a good deputy principal is someone who realises that they're to serve others uh, and to work for others uh, and to do whatever they can to be of support and to encourage others and build them up and release them into their giftings. I think that's super important. That's really helpful. I think, you know, the key takeaway from today from what I'm hearing is the two biggest things that you need to have in any role, but especially in a deputy uh, principal leadership type role, is humility and trust. Um, and I think you can't go wrong if you are someone that people trust and if you're someone who people feel is humble um, and is able to, uh, I guess, take a humble approach to, to their work. So, Jason, I want to say thank you for being on That Teacher Podcast. It's been an absolute privilege to have you on the show. No worries, Josh. Thanks for having me on. It's been fantastic to be part of That Teacher Podcast. No worries at all. It's been a pleasure. We want to say thank you to all of you who have been listening to this episode and That Teacher Podcast can be found on Facebook. We have a That Teacher Podcast Facebook page and a Facebook group that you can join and be part of the community. You can also reach us at thatteacherpodcast at gmail.com uh, if you have any questions or any uh, thoughts that you would like to forward to us. You can also subscribe to our channel on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify uh, and pretty much everywhere where podcasts happen is where you can find us. We'd also love it if you would share our episodes with your teacher colleagues and uh, review that teacher podcast on the various platforms as well. We want to thank you for joining us again today and until next time, it's bye for now.